My Bible is open to uh, the collection of Psalms, Psalm 119, and I would invite you to open your Old Testament there to Psalm 119, and I want to begin our study this morning uh, by reading a section, one of the stanzas of this psalm, somewhat in the middle of this psalm, beginning at verse 97, Psalm 119 and verse 97 is where we will start this morning. The psalmist writes here and he says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, because I have observed your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not turned aside from your ordinances, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. From your precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. I know this morning being the first uh, Sunday morning of the month that uh, some of our young people are in the back uh, large classroom and learning some good things uh, pertinent to their time in life. But we still have a few young ones in the audience here this morning. And even for those of us who are a little bit older, we may remember the time when we were in school. And the young ones, some of them here with us today, are in that time of life. And they are in the middle of their school year. And you probably remember that you kind of reached a certain point where you just got tired of school where it was just a, a, a real chore for you to get up early in the morning. For myself, I remember having to get up early, eat breakfast, go catch the school bus and ride to school early in the morning, about half awake. But you just reach a point where you get tired of learning. Our children, as many of you know, our three children are homeschooled, but that doesn't make any difference. It doesn't matter whether you're public school, private school, homeschool, whatever the situation is, because our children are just like every other children. They get tired of school. And when our three are tired of school, they will often tell me, Dad, you are so blessed because you don't have to go to school. You are past that point in your life. And I will almost always reply to them, yes, that's true. But in essence, I'm still in school because all of life is learning. And they usually roll in their eyes and shaking their heads and, you know, oh, Dad. But those of us who are older know that all of life really is school. While many of us in this audience this morning have completed our formal education, and we did that some years ago, all of us are involved in what we can describe as continuing education every day of our lives. And so I want you, as you're thinking about school, as you're thinking about education, as you are thinking about learning this morning, I want us to really take that thought and to see that from a spiritual perspective. And to see that in the light of what we have just read here from Psalm 119, verses 97 through 104, this morning for a few minutes to consider what the psalmist wrote to us here about excelling as God's 
student. How do we do that? Well, there are three ways, I believe, in this short stanza, three ways that we can do that, that we can excel as God's students. Number one, the psalmist says to us that we can be an excellent student of God and His Word by having the proper attitude toward God and the proper attitude toward God's Word. That is, that we ought to be people who truly love His Word. Notice again what the psalmist wrote in these first few verses about the first half of this stanza. He says again, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. They are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged because I have observed your precepts. I don't know if you have taken the time, uh, it may have been a long time ago for you, if you have ever taken the time to read through Psalm 119, the longest psalm by far, 176 verses. But as you read this psalm, you will frequently find words like we have just read in these few verses here. You will find words like commandments. You will find words like law and judgments, ordinances, precepts, statutes, testimonies truth, ways. And yes, all of those words have a unique meaning. But at the same time, they are all related to each other and they are all very much descriptive of God's word that when we think about when the psalmist was thinking about God's word, he thought about the commandments that God has given to us. He thought about the law that God has given to us. He thought about the precepts or the principles of truth, if you will, that God has written down for us. He thought about the divine judgments of God himself. He thought about all these things related to God and his word. And so as you think about Psalm 119 as a whole, this entire psalm really, I think, is a, just a beautiful treatise on the Word of God. How do we view the Word of God? How do we understand the Word of God? What does the Word of God do for us in our lives? And so that might seem a little bit strange to us when we think about the longest psalm by far, 176 verses long. Why would the writer of this particular psalm pen the longest psalm in Scripture and choose the theme of God's Word? Why would he spend 176 verses, and a lot of this is kind of very repetitious, he just says the same thing over and over in a different way. Why would he write the longest psalm in Scripture and devote it to God's Word? Well, it's because of this first point, I think. Because this man, whoever he was, loved God, and therefore he loved God's Word. In fact, as you look through this entire psalm, in some way or another, all 176 verses describe, I believe, the psalmist's relationship with the Word of God. And some of those verses tell us of his deep love for God's Word. I've got a lot of verses up here. They're all very short, of course. Let's just look very quickly at these. Because each one of these, maybe it's saying somewhat the same thing, but it says it in a little bit different way. I think it gives us a little bit different perspective on this Psalmist's love for God's word. So notice these that I have here on the screen, verse 48 of Psalm 119. The psalmist says, I shall lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Down to verse 113. Verse 113. He says, I hate those who are double-minded. In contrast to that, but I love your law. Verse 119. 
You have removed all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. 127. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold. Yes, above fine gold. Verse 159. He says there, Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. Uh, 161, I rejoice, or 161, uh, princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. 163, I hate and despise falsehood, but I love your law. 165, uh, those who love your law have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. And then from 167, my soul keeps your testimonies and I love them exceedingly. You can just... Here, whether the word love is, is, was used in many of those verses or even if the word love is not used in those verses, you, you just get the sense that all throughout this psalm, the psalmist is proclaiming his love for God's word. And it was not a shallow thing. It was not a passing thing in his life that this was really what his life was all about. That he hated every false way. He hated those who were the enemies of God, those who were trying to oppress God's people, those who were opposed to God and His will being done on earth. He hated all of that, but he loved God's Word. Coming back to our text here in this section that we're focusing on this morning from 97 to 104, we see how the psalmist's love for God's Word affected his life. Verse 97 and verse 99, the end of both of those verses, he says that it caused him to meditate upon God's Word all the day, that this man's life, again, was all about knowing God. And how could he know God in the fullest sense that he could other than loving God's Word and being devoted to God's Word? Uh, verses 98 through 100, it gave him, God's Word gave him insight. It gave him wisdom. It gave him understanding. Notice it was far beyond that of his opposition, far beyond that of his enemies. It was far beyond that of his education that maybe he's a younger man. He is a student himself, but he knows more than even his teachers. And yes, it gave him understanding and wisdom far beyond his age, that he understood more than even the aged, maybe the supposed wise people of his day, the experts, if you will. Because he loved God's word. Here was a man at the end of verse 98 who took God's word and made it his own. He said about God's precepts or God's principles, his testimonies, that they are my meditation. Uh, the end of verse 98, that he had taken his commandments and he says, they are ever mine. It wasn't just the fact that he was into an intellectual academic exercise when it came to the word of God, but he was really taking those truths and like James says to us in James chapter 1, he was planting that truth, that word of God in his heart, deep in his heart. And then the last part of verse 100, he says here that he obeyed God's word in his daily life. That God's word did something for him. That God's word changed him. That God's word made him an obedient student of the word. And so first of all, I believe the psalmist is telling us here in this section, in order for us to be excellent students in God's school of living, we must be people who are loving the Word of God with every fiber of our being. That it is not a chore, it is not a hassle for us to sit down and read God's Word and to think about God's Word, to meditate on God's Word as this man did, and then to look for ways that we can live it out in our life, which really brings us to the second point here, the second way that we can excel as God's student, and that is to obey His Word. 
And the end of verse 100, I think, really is a segue or a bridge to the next section again. Verse 100, he says, I understand more than the aged because I have observed your precepts. Notice what he says to us about that observation of God's word, about keeping God's word in the next few verses. He says, I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not turned aside from your ordinances, for you yourself have taught me. And so the psalmist is just seems like in my mind moving seamlessly from his love for the word of God now to talking about his obedience to the word of God. In other words, the psalmist is telling us that his love for God's word resulted in his obedience to God's word. And that's not something that's new. Of course, this writer, whoever he was, was writing this long before Jesus Christ came and lived as a man here upon earth. But you can remember the words of Jesus, I'm sure, from the Gospel of John in John chapter 14 and verse 15. Some, some of the most famous words of Jesus Christ that if you love me, he says, you will keep my commandments. He's telling us that love has to be the foundation for our obedience. Love has to be the impetus, the motivation for us living obedient lives to God. But out of that love, if we really love God, we're going to show it by doing what he has told us to do. Obeying the word, I think, is an evidence. It is an outgrowth of loving God's word. Uh, one writer, Warren Wearsby, I don't know if any of you have ever used any of his commentaries or not, but he made a good comment here I thought that was just, uh, just outstanding for me to think about and for all of us. As we think about what we just talked about, the first point about loving God's word, and we can excel as God's student in that way, but then it's not enough for us just to love God's word, but then we have to obey God's word. And he kind of puts these two together. He said this, A true student of the word is not a person with a big head, full of all sorts of knowledge, but one who has an obedient heart and love to do God's will. While God's truth is food for our souls, it is not a buffet from which we select only the things we like. If the Bible tells us something is wrong, we stay off the path. If God tells us something is right, we do not abandon it. And I believe that was the, 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 the mindset, that was the desire of the psalmist of Psalm 119. That he wanted to know God. He wanted to know God's word. He loved God's word. He hated every false way. And therefore, he was going to observe God's word. This psalmist, notice here again in these couple of verses that we have here on the screen at this point, that his love for God's word resulted in him obeying God's precepts. The end of verse 100, that he had observed God's precepts. Notice that that word is plural. He didn't just say, I've observed a precept of God or I've observed a commandment of God or part of God's law that really appeals to me or something that I think is easy to do. <laughs> but he says, no, I have observed your precepts. Was this man claiming that he was sinless? No, I don't think that. But he's saying, I, I, I love all of God's word. And there are some things, yes, that are hard for me. There are some changes that I know that I need to make. But I still love God's word. And I'm going to be obedient to it to the best of my ability. Notice he also says here that his love for God's word resulted in him restraining his feet from every evil way, the end of verse 101. And also his love for God's word resulted in him not turning aside from his ordinances, verse 102. Again, that is plural. He's thinking about the totality of God's word, the sum 
of God's word, as he says here, I think in Psalm 119, the sum of your word is truth. And he knows that all of that is truth. Maybe he has some difficulty with certain parts of the word of God, things that he doesn't completely understand. He hasn't made all the connections in scripture that he needs to make yet, but he still has a love for God's word and he has devoted himself to being obedient to his word. Lots of verses about this. And we're not going to read all of these. If you want to write these down, or uh, I'm sure the PowerPoint will um, uh, be on uh, our website and, and uh, you can watch this again on YouTube later. But I want you to just notice from beginning to end how, how the psalmist is in this frame of mind that he has devoted himself to being obedient to God's word. Let's just read here the very uh, first two verses of Psalm 119, verse 1. He begins this great psalm about the Word of God by saying, How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe His testimonies, who seek Him with all their heart. One thing you you need to know about Psalm 119 is that this this man, yes, he is writing all about the Word of God and, and his attitude toward God's Word and what God's Word has done for him in his life and how has it changed him. But, but there is, he has not divorced the word of God in his pursuit of God's word, his love of God's word and his obedience to God's word. He has not divorced that from God himself. That this man has devoted his life, that his goal in life is to seek God himself with all of his heart. And certainly he can look into the creation that God has made and he can seek God in that way to some extent on some level, but he can't really seek God to the depths in which he needs to other than by coming to the word of God. And so it is his love of God and his obedience to God that is his love for God's word and his obedience to God's word. Notice here at verse 8, the, first, the last verse of this first stanza, he says, I shall keep your statutes, do not forsake me utterly. Verse 9, talking specifically about young people, he says, how can a young man keep his way pure By keeping it according to your word, with all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. So it doesn't matter where we are in life. It doesn't matter if we're young, middle-aged, or older. That we can know how to please God. And we can seek God by keeping his word. Then, Then I want you to go to the very end of this psalm. Again, if you want to write these verses down, that's fine, or or I I can send you my notes later. Uh, The very end of Psalm 119, uh, let's just look here at um, verse 166. He says, I hope for your salvation, O Lord, and do your commandments. Uh, Verse 168, I keep your precepts and your testimonies for all my ways are before me. Verse 173, he says, Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. And then the very last verse, 176, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. This man, whoever he is again, is is not claiming that he knows all the word of God in and out. (laughs) That he knows every word of God's word perfectly, and he understands it perfectly perfectly. Again, he realizes he is a lost sheep. He is in desperate need of God's salvation, and he can't save himself. But he needs the guidance and the direction and the focus that God's Word brings to him. I want you to go back to the section that we're looking at here and notice the end of verse 102. 
Again, in that verse, he says, I have not turned aside from your ordinances, for you yourself have taught me. Wow. I mean, probably we can all think of some great teachers that we've had in our life. Maybe, you know, in public education, uh, maybe it's our parents. Maybe we can think of Bible class teachers that uh, were, were like the psalmist here of 119. They were just uh, teachers, men or women, who really loved God's Word and you could tell that by the preparation that they put into their classes and the way that they presented God's word, that there was an excitement and an enthusiasm about that. And you could tell that they were people who were trying to live God's word out in their life. Maybe it was a gospel preacher that had a great influence upon you and was just a, you know, a wealth of knowledge about the word of God or, a, or an elder in a local church or, or some mature Christian. You can think about, we can probably all think about great teachers that we have had in our life but here this psalmist says, you, God, you are my teacher. You have taught me. God, not man, had taught this psalmist the word of God, and therefore he was going to obey it. So secondly, in order for us to be an excellent student in God's school of learning, we must be people who are obeying God's word in its entirety. Are we going to miss the mark sometimes? Yes, are there going to be parts of Scripture that we, in our current understanding of God's Word, we don't really understand, fully comprehend how, how all of this fits into the greater scheme or greater plan of God? Yes. But as time goes on, hopefully our understanding of those matters becomes clearer and it becomes deeper. And we can see the whole picture better. But we're still people who are devoted to obeying God's Word. And as we learn new things from God's Word, that we are of the mindset, it doesn't matter what it is, what change it requires of me and my thinking or my living or how I speak, that I'm going to do that because I love God's word and I'm going to be obedient to it. Thirdly, and finally, this psalmist tells us in this section that we can be an excellent student in God's school of learning by being people who are enjoying his word and this is very closely tied into what we just talked about the first point there about loving God's word. Notice here verse 103 and 104, he says, How sweet are your words to my taste, yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. From your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. If we intend to truly be excellent students of God's word, we must grow, I think, and mature beyond the point of just loving God's word, of just obeying God's word as kind of a, yes, this is my duty to do. Yes, this is just kind of a, a, a sterile thing for us. You know, it doesn't really move us. It doesn't motivate us. It doesn't make any difference in the way that we live every day. But all of us must grow to the point where we enjoy God's word. Yes, again, there will be difficult parts of God's word for us to understand and apply to our life. But we enjoy it because we know it's from God himself because God has opened his mouth and opened his mind and he has chosen to reveal a part of who he is to us and his will to us. And so the psalmist states at the very end of this section that God's words were sweet to his taste. I'm sure we all have specific Foods that we really like to eat, right? You know, some things, maybe there's some things we don't like to eat. <laughs> but there are some things we just really love to eat. I mean, things we could eat like every day. Uh, things that are, that are pleasant to our palate. Things that are sweet to our taste. And the psalmist here is saying that is true of him when it comes to the word of God. 
that every word that God has spoken, every word that has been recorded and preserved for us in this book that we call the Bible, that every word is sweet. And yes, he says it is sweeter than honey. And that sweetness has given this man a full and true understanding to the point that he thought and acted like God. Notice again here at the end of this stanza at verse 104, he says, as we've read in some prior verses, therefore I hate every false way. Does that describe me? Does that describe you? (laughs) Are there some false ways that are out there in the world that kind of appeal to us, that they attract us? And yes, we know that they're opposed to what God's way is, but, you know, we'll kind of dabble in it a little bit. (laughs) And we think, well, what's the harm? You know, I'm not going to get too far off track. But here is this man, because he loves God's word and he has devoted his life to obeying God's word and because he really enjoys God's word, he says, therefore, I hate every false way. Well, like his love for and his obedience to God's word, the psalmist often described his enjoyment of God's word throughout this psalm. Uh, We have a few minutes left here. Let's just uh, look at several of these. Again, all these verses are really short. Uh, Verse 14, he says, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Like most people living living around him and around us today, you know, what, what brings them joy and pleasure in their life is oftentimes the things of this world, isn't it? It is riches, it's it's pleasures of life. But here is this man saying, no, his his, uh, delight is in God. Uh, Notice verse 16. He says, I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. Verse 18. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. Is that the way we approach God's word? (laughs) Do we just approach it sometimes from the standpoint of, well, I'm trying to, learn what I can here in this section of, of Scripture so I can win an argument with my, you know, person, uh, my friend that doesn't believe in God. That, that, you know, looking at God's Word and seeing evidence for who God's, God is and, and learning truth and teaching that to other people certainly is a good thing for us to do. I'm not discounting that at all. But what is our motivation in that? Or so that we can, you know, be this uh, walking Bible encyclopedia. And there's nothing wrong with that at all that we... Memorize scripture that we know scripture well and we can recite that to people. And when people ask us questions, we're ready to give an answer for those things. But is that our only motivation? No, this man is saying here, he is wanting to see wonderful things. Wonderful things you can't see out in the world. That you can only find in the word of God. Well, for the sake of time, let's skip over to the the end of this psalm and just some beautiful thoughts that he has here. Uh, Psalm uh, verse 162, he says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great spoil. I hate and despise falsehood, but I love your law. And then verse 174, for I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Uh, Mr. Wearsby again makes a comment here that I like. He said, the unsaved person finds the Bible boring, but the devoted child of God feeds on the scriptures and enjoys the sweet taste of truth. That ought to be true of each one of us if we are truly disciples of Christ, if we're true Christians, true children of God. 
that there are some parts of God's Word, yes, that maybe aren't as exciting to us personally. Uh, We've kind of (laughs) joked a little bit about this in our men's studies lately. We're finishing up the book of Nehemiah, uh, but we have mentioned recently some uh, laws from the uh, law of Moses back in Leviticus and Numbers. And maybe those two books are not that exciting to us sometimes. And we think, you know, why do we need to know all this? What good does this do for my life? But several men in that class just past Friday brought out some things from Leviticus and Numbers I'd never thought about. And for us to just think about how we can learn about God and how God deals with his people and what God is telling us in all those laws. I think maybe it was uh, Lance or, or Skip or someone was mentioning Friday you know, about the two greatest commands, to love God with all of our being and to love our neighbor as ourself. Okay. <laughs> but you can see those if you, if you read the tedious laws in Leviticus from that standpoint, that in some way these laws are telling me how I can love God and love my neighbor as myself. I, I never even considered that. But they ought to be sweet to our taste. So in order for us to be an excellent student in God's school of living, we must be people, learning rather, we must be people who are enjoying his word. Well, I hope that all of us who are God's students will excel in learning all that we can about him for the rest of our lives because school does not end when you get to the 12th grade or you graduate college or you get a master's or PhD or whatever it is. We all need to be, if we're true disciples of Christ, as we're thinking about our theme this year of more like Jesus, we need to be more like Jesus. We need to be true followers and students and pupils of his and devote ourselves to learning for the rest of our lives. So I hope you will take those thoughts and they will be in your mind today and throughout this week. And I hope that they will serve all of us well. Let's be dismissed to our classes now.